Thong Earthlets, my name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox, and this is the 72nd episode of Space uh, Spinner 2000, uh, a podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode, we're covering 2000 AD for November 1981, progs 237 to 240. This week, Nemesis and Torquemada have a zombie showdown. Rogue Trooper goes topside, Ace Trucking goes down a hole, Mean Arena goes to Edinburgh, and Mega City One goes to hell as Block Mania reaches a fever pitch. That was pretty good. You know, I tried to get a goes one for Nemesis, and I couldn't, and I feel real bad about it, Fox. Feel real bad. I mean, he... So it would have been difficult, like, but I did... I. I wasn't expecting, like, a zombie showdown. He does jump into people's bodies fairly often. They specifically <laughs> call them zombies, dude. Like, I'm just <laughs> using what they're telling me. Yeah, man. <laughs> Fucking cool. Yeah. Level Absolutely. But let's, uh, we can't get to that yet, Fox. We gotta mm. start with the blue stuff, by which I mean <laughs> Thrill One Rogue Trooper. Oh, man. Uh, oh script. man, oh man, it's getting so good. It's cool, man. Yeah, script robot Jerry Finley Day, art robot Colin Wilson, and Dave Gibbons, lettering robot Bill Nuttall. So, <laughs> last episode, we learned from a Nort Admiral that one of the Millicom generals in the uh, in the Buzzard Three military Millicom satellite was a was the traitor responsible for the Quartz massacre. So. Now, Rogue and the Chips are stowing away on a supply shuttle up to the Buzzard 3 to take them down. Which is surprisingly easy for a, a giant blue man it's to get true. inside of a rocket. Well, he can be stealthy. You know, Rogue quickly uh, lockdowns his way through the satellite into the uh, <laughs> control room. <laughs> okay, Lockdown, lockdowns die harding on a space satellite. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty decent movie if you get a chance to see it if you kind of like kind of schlocky uh, director video action movies no um, <laughs> so he gets in the control room and he lays out his case to the generals before they can have him arrested for deserting and stuff uh they seem to actually agree with his points about there being a jet a traitor and a traitor having to be taken out but and so they start move to start an inquiry but then uh, a klaxon goes off and the position of Buzzard 3 has been revealed to the Norts, and a deadly missile is now heading straight for them. Holy they've been, crap. They've been sold out by the Traitor General again! Yeah, so let's believe him, but first, hey, check out this life pod. Let's get out of here. Yeah, let's not die, right? <laughs> <laughs> so everybody makes their ways to the satellite's life pods as the missile approaches the station. Rogue's annoyed, but like, you know, surely this is even better evidence that there's a Traitor in Millicom, right? Like... What are they going to do? Oh, no, they just happened to find a missile right when I was revealing the general guy? (laughs) And like the true irony of something being called a life pod. Well, yeah, as they they enter the Earth, the life pods start to burn up in orbit. Oh, it's double treachery. It's a treachery sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Luckily, Rogue is able to fix his pod on the way down by basically jamming uh, the life chip, the, the biochip of Gunner into the pod. <laughs> and his reasoning is a chip's a chip, you know? Yeah, that's Take a burn. Burn on his dead buddy, by the way. Yeah, come on, dude. <laughs> But so he patches them in there so they can land safely. He, as he lands, he sees one other pod land. And so that must be the, uh, the uh, traitor general. And that now it's time to take that guy down. Fuck yeah. And that's, uh, and so now our, uh, we're established here in Rogue Trooper, Fox. Oh, well, that's awesome. This is the, these are the four big, or, you know, the, 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 the traitor general, not so much at this point. But mm. he definitely becomes uh, the focus of Rogue Trooper. You know, he sort of met the four chips, or the mm. uh, Rogue and the four chips, and now we know that we're after the Traitor General. And, you know, like I said before, this kind of becomes like, or this is sort of a setup for sort of a fugitive-style story, you know? Okay. With um, Rogue traveling, um, you know, traveling New Earth. He's on the hunt for the, for the Traitor General, but along the way comes into situations where he has to step in, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like an old 1980s cartoon. Yeah, exactly. Mm, pretty awesome. I can't wait for, like, the thing a week. Oh, yeah, no, it's going to be good times, for That's sure. Awesome. All right, freaking great. I mean, I honestly, know, I... We're, we're starting that right now, because now we go, and we actually get some backstory on uh, New Earth, and how it's got, like, the big deal about it was that it's got a wormhole around it that allows for easy, faster-than-light travel, which is sort of its strategic uh, benefit. Right. Which I thought was good. It's something we haven't really talked about before, so it's good to sort of, you know, figure out why it's so important for this crappy planet where no one can breathe the air to be. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just been a garbage place. Yeah. So at least we know that, like, it's important strategically, at least. Yeah, exactly. uh, Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, it's very good. Yeah. I liked it a lot, and I'm I'm getting back into this. Like I think a lot more. Nice. Now that the backstory's over with. Yeah. So we sort of through this, we sort of meet a pair of troopers, uh, Field and Kransky, who have been fighting the war for years. We sort of see them as as green recruits landing on the planet, and then cut back to them after a couple years of constant fighting. Uh, Kransky's become mean and violent, whereas Field is getting <laughs> like terrified and out of touch with reality. God, it's like really freaked out, bug-eyed people in this. Yeah. Um, they're an unlikely pair, especially when the hard rain falls, which is apparently just like a bunch of like metal arrows that just fall from the sky periodically. Dude, it's like the most fucked up weather pattern you could ever have. It's like, I oh, mean, like yeah. they have storm clouds, right? And then just murder. I think it's actually like an anti-personnel weapon, but it's still oh, pretty terrifying. Uh, I mean, everybody dies except them. Right. But luckily, um, it, it's just in time for them to meet their new buddy, the Rogue Trooper. <laughs> hey, what's up? I'm, I'm here now. Yeah. I saved so, you by standing over your body. I mean, sometimes any port in a storm, you know? <laughs> Whether, even if that port is some dude lying over you. So, Rogue, <laughs> Rogue saves Field from a second round of hard rain, but that's not enough for Kransky, who decides to take Rogue prisoner and starts threatening Field as well. The two of them are forced to walk ahead of Kransky at gunpoint, and when a fog rolls in, Kransky makes them sing the South National Anthem, which is apparently um, to the tune of When the Saints Go Marching In, but it's like When the South, When the South Goes Marching In, you know? I I feel like there's some kind of political commentary here for us. (laughs) 
I mean, it's weird. Because, <laughs> like, as an American, I sort of feel like the South is sort of the, would sort of naturally be the bad guys, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, so far they haven't been great. But but they're better than the Norts than the North guys, which are basically just straight up, uh, comp, you know, space commie Nazis, you know. <laughs> so who are you gonna side with? I mean, I'm gonna side with the South, I guess. You know. <laughs> yeah, that'll whatever again or, forever. Or the Southers instead of the Norts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, during the fog, <laughs> Rogue is able to sneak around, and he knocks out Kransky. When suddenly there's a Nort attack. And uh, Field and Rogue, or sorry, yeah, they take down the Norts, but Kransky then wakes up, and he and Field have like a showdown. Um, mm-hmm. They both shoot at each other, and uh, Kransky sort of wins, killing, uh, or Field wins, killing Kransky. Uh, you know, we learn that like war, war changes people, kid, sometimes more than others. And now you killed that guy that you've known forever, but don't worry, he was a total jerk. Yeah, now it's just you out here on the uh, on the fields of the cursed earth because I'm not hanging out with you. I got other things to do. <laughs> yeah, we're not friends, man. Yeah, peace outside, you know. But uh, wow. anyhow, next time on Rogue Trooper, Blue Moon. Yeah, baby. Yeah, so you know, this is sort of yeah, like I said, yeah, like you know, like we've said, now it's just time for Rogue Trooper to kind of travel New Earth. Uh, writing wrongs and so forth. Kane from Kung Fu, Richard Kimball from The Fugitive Style, etc. <laughs> Making movies, singing songs, fighting around the world. Hey, man, speaking of uh, traveling to unusual places and solving problems. Oh, uh, yeah! Thrill 2, Abelard Snaz. I'm starting to like this guy, Con Radical. He's fun, man. Yeah, so uh, script robot for Abelard Snaz is Alan Moore, art robot Mike White, lettering robot Peter Knight. So, you know. We've seen Snaz a couple times. He used to be a future shock. Now he's his own thing. <laughs> he's uh, the man with the two-story brain. He's got kind of, you know, one, a pair, two pairs of eyes, one on top of the other, big forehead. You know. Unless last... we saw him floating through the empty vacuum of space. <laughs> That's right. Having been previously picked up from the empty vacuum of space and then left back there with only his robot companion to um, along with him. So, a uh, a ship full of dis- of depressed space Vikings. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they really are. They're so sad. They're super sad. They sing like a very sad dirge as they row their space boat. Everything's horrible. They uh they pick up the frozen body of Snaz in deep space. It looks like his thermostat broke, and he's been uh frozen in a giant ice cube for like. You know, sort of, yeah, Captain American style for the last 2,000 years. I mean, I guess that's just what happens when your thermostat breaks. Yep. Luckily, he's <laughs> fine. Um, <laughs> like, he's cool. And wave, he's great. Yeah. Unfortunately, his companion, Edwin, is not. He's turned into like a, into like a messed up, um, like just sort of rotting chunk of metal, barely just edging out the words like, oh, master, you're a genius. Just but like every third letter of that. Oh, man. And, of course, Snaz gives him a classic Viking funeral, by which I mean, of course, uh, he gives him the same kind of Viking funeral that I gave my hamsters when I was a kid, <laughs> which is to say, I just tossed him in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. He just throws him in a shoe. Yeah. Oh, Anyhow. <laughs> It looks like uh, the space Vikings who defrosted him think that he's a uh, Toglub of the twofold gaze, their greatest god. So, 
just smooth gig. He's, yeah, he's, he translates. He just sort of transitions into sitting in a throne with a space babe being fed grapes. It's pretty solid. Yeah, man. <laughs> Having himself a, a sandwich. Yeah, it's a smooth gig, or it would be, but these people, the Frabians, are having some problems. Oh, I love uh, that they they uh, talk about other future shocks that have yeah, happened. Yeah, they've, they've run afoul of basically all of Alan Moore's previous future shocks. <laughs> um, <laughs> those giant galactic janitors, the Platinum Horde, those uh, Grok tourists and stuff. Oh, with their, like, beer can spaceships. Kiwi! Yeah. Um, so, they finally settled on a new planet, but now they have, or they're facing three problems, all right? One, they got no money, and they can't even grow food, because the whole planet is covered in Frabian crottle, which is inedible. Great. Two, they got an energy crisis, and, because they can't, eat, crottle doesn't burn, so they can't even, like, use that to get, like, fuel or to, you know, burn warm their homes or run their spaceships or anything what a horrible place yeah three there's a black hole on the collision course for the planet man they just got all the worst and we need you to solve it well it's been prophesied that in their moment of need uh toglub would arrive to help them and so he has in the form of abelard snaz man what fortune The double-brained genius must solve these problems or be fed to the piranha dogs. Not that he'd fail whatsoever. And also, god damn, they, they look so much like dogs. Well, the, yeah, they're basically like really angry seals is how I describe the piranha dogs. But like yeah. but like a seal, if it, like, it looked like a Doberman Pinscher, Doberman Pinscher instead of like a Labrador, oh, basically. The most terrifying of all... Uh, sea creatures. It's pretty good. Yeah, so, Snaz, he's stumped by these various problems of the Frabians, or the Farby, yeah, you know what I'm saying, until uh, <laughs> he sees some tiny worms crawling on the cro- on the crottle. They're, they're crawl worms, they're these sentient beings, and they're legendarily good-natured and saintly, and that means that it's brainstorm time. Oh my god. First, he's uh, all pissed off about them, like, being around. And they're like, oh, look at how nice they are, though. Yeah. They're right. They're really sweet. Totally. That's why Snaz creates a virtue converter, oh. which takes positive thinking and converts it into energy. <laughs> the energy crisis is, is averted. Yay, everyone throw up your crowd grass and, and have a party. Yeah, and since it's actually clean, renewable energy that's just based on having a bunch of worms... Um, a lot of other uh, civilizations want to buy this virtue energy, and so the economy is saved by exporting crottle and crottle worms. Whoa! Oh, oh man, mind blow. Yeah. Finally, a crottle power spaceship with snaz aboard flies up to sew up the black hole. Using a, a string of neutrons? Yeah, don't worry about that part too much. Because um, <laughs> I don't think black holes work that way, also. But, uh... <laughs> But hey, you know what? He's uh, going to stitch different parts of the fabric of the universe together. Yeah. Aboard the ship, Snaz takes way too much credit for all of this, totally <laughs> dissing the worms themselves. This pisses off the worms so much that the ship loses power, and they're all sucked into the black hole. <sighs> That's oh. the sound effect. Yeah. The end, Abelard Snaz. No, he'll be back in uh, next year. Has in, uh, Snaz in, become a snack for a singularity? Oh, no. He'll be back in 1982. Don't worry about that. 
yeah, he's not going far. I'm mm. guessing he must be like a pretty popular character with people. I like him. I think he's fun. I think Alan Moore's having fun, having fun writing about him. You know, I'd say that for sure. I just love ev- seeing every different sh- like shot of him with. T- yeah, he looks eyes. so silly with that. Bri- I, yeah, they just like you know they just copy that head. It, 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 it's a neat look for sure. <laughs> Love it. Totally. Yeah, always fun. Hey Fox. Hey Conrad. You know the name of my of this podcast network is Cradeline. That's because I rep Adeline Street, buddy. If you aren't yeah. down with Adeline Block, then you and me we got beef, <laughs> baby. I'm on the burn now. Block and oh, you got crazy German blocks. <laughs> Time to fight. <laughs> That's right, dude. We're gonna beat the shit out of each other. Let's go meet in a big circle around some judges. Let's uh, bring our civic pride to Thrill Three, Judge Dread. <laughs> God. Well, we made it through that. Script robots: John Wagner and Alan Grant as TB Grover. Art robots: Mick McMahon and Ron Smith. Lettering robot: Tom Frame. Time for you. So where last we left our intrepid judges, there was a six-block war going on, and the riot foam isn't doing nearly enough, and even like <laughs> live bullets are barely enough just to like clear a path for these judges to get through places. Dude, it's pretty bad. So much so they overturn one of the pat wagons. Totally. So Dread orders a riot tank to start firing stum gas <laughs> into the crowds. Which uh, has a chance of killing one in every, like, 280 people or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 200, yeah. But there's literally tens of thousands of people rioting among these blocks. Like, each block has, like, 50,000 people in them, and they're all fighting. Like Better than all of them dead. Seriously. Basically. Yeah. As they're doing this, a tank gets knocked over by heavy weapons from the Pancho Villa block. Son and- of a bitch. Uh, but luckily some well-placed tank shells take them down. The blocks are mostly pacified, and Dredd is called into Justice HQ, uh, and apparently we see massive block wars have cropped up all over the north the north quadrant of the city. And very specifically the north. Yeah, to- yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's, uh, there's no explanation, but they must be dealt with before this entire damn megalopolis goes up in flames. And so, a hard cut to a giant burning Carner uh, Ted uh, Armstrong. <laughs> yeah, Carner Ted Armstrong was an American evangelist, and now even the mopads are getting in on Block Wars, just driving around and shooting the whole place up. <laughs> it's pretty rad. They're just driving in a yeah. circle. But then they all get blown up by partisans from the Googie Withers block. Oh my God, it's all out. <laughs> They're just killing everybody. Googie Withers is a British actress, by the way. Um, at Justice Central, Dread contacts a North Block Sector House and finds out that even the judges are like giving into Block Mania. Which yeah, is what tough. the hell? Yeah, like that's not supposed to happen, right? They're like supporting the different blocks that they sort of go on their beats and stuff like that. Uh, Dread has some unaffected judges just sort of pull some Block Maniacs out of the out of the fray just to run some tests on them and stuff. <laughs> Stair left him out. Meanwhile, judges are putting up electro cordons between buildings that fry anybody that tries to move between them. Dude, it's fucked. It's just a giant electrical crackle prison. It's crazy, yeah. Luckily, suddenly our buddy Max Normal shows up. Yeah, Maxie! Max Normal. A lot of Max Normal in this last end of the year, Fox. I think he's been in every episode. (laughs) 
<laughs> like where he's going to be in every episode until the end of the year, sort of starting last, starting like two episodes ago because he was in like the Summer Sun Sci-Fi Special too. <laughs> so awesome! He's so beautiful. Yeah, totally. He's not affected by block mania, but informs, of course, because he's Judge Judge's snitch, that um, his block, the Ricardo Montalban block, have developed a nerve gas that re- that reacts with common plastine, and they're oh, manufacturing geez. enough to kill thousands of city blocks in one fell swoop. Which, what the hell? Seriously, we gotta stop him. Dread orders Normal to be taken in for testing to figure out why he isn't <laughs> suffering from block mania, and then snags a couple judges to take down those fine Corinthian leather bastards. Dude. That's a Ricardo Montalban joke. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. <laughs> the uh, So, block wars, they're evolving. Uh, as a, one of the initial combatants, Dantana rallies for a final push, over in Charlton Heston block, they've made an alliance with with Ricardo Montalban to make poison gas, as we saw last Prague. You Which, know what the hell? Charlton Heston, of course, I shouldn't have to say, but you know, classic American actor. He was in mm. Planet of the Apes and later a uh, NRA whack job. Anyhow, very opinionated <laughs> in these uh, um, comics now. I'm all over the place. Um, Beautiful. Anyhow, um... So, basically, yes, despite their best eff- the best efforts of Dredge, Dredge and the other judges... Uh, the combined efforts of Maltaban and Heston create a, uh, cause a plastine factory to start belching out black clouds of death. Oh, it's like, it, they just, they were supposed to blow up a bunch of the convoy, but I guess two got in and they just start churning that shit yeah. out. Dread manages to call in an airstrike to destroy the factory, but it's too late despite uh, the best efforts oh. of a very Starship Enterprise looking weather control satellite. That's right. They they used uh, giant sonic cannons. Yeah, to, dis- to, to destroy, destroy all the smokestacks and stuff of the, of the factory. That was fucking awesome. It's and yeah, really awesome. Do. So much of this stuff is awesome. I can't stress it enough. Uh, giant black clouds of death engulf both Dantana, Charlton Heston, and a few other blocks, killing everybody it comes in contact with until a man-made cyclone comes down to clear it up. It gets sucked into the engines of the not Enterprise. You know, hundred like tens of thousands dead now. <laughs> Dread Dread calls in just widespread sonic cannon use. We have to get these blocks pacified, even if it kills all 150 million residents in the north side. Man, just means that affordable rent and whatnot. Something. Uh, so wide pattern sonic beams knock out the block the block fighters in the north side. Basically, just sonic beams knock you out and then they just sort of reapply them every couple hours when people start coming to <laughs> but it's also just you know the process of this is just killing dudes like straight up the physical cost is super high tests on max normal have identified the cause of the mania which is something that's making the hypothalamus go into overdrive increasing both pack instincts and natural aggression causing massive block war just want to note that unlike the cover, he's just wearing striped underwear. <laughs> uh, the tech judges are still looking for a cure. Meanwhile, Block Mania has begun to show up on the south side, too, as Fats Domino blows up Rudy Valley and the Pronte cover. What? Fats Domino's dead now, too. I know. It's sad, man. The hell? This block's going down and he went down. Jeez. He knew we were doing this podcast, I guess. Meanwhile, <laughs> also the uh, 
the Bronte Connor goes up in flames, which I think is pretty hilarious because it's this set of three buildings like the three Bronte sisters, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. um, the judges try to keep things under control, but they're, but they're slipping as, mania, as the mania starts up in the West sectors as well. It's getting fucking out of control everywhere. Seriously, Dredd finally gets a call. Someone who knows the cause of the block mania. <laughs> they demand immunity, but even as they're asking for it, a pair of evil-looking gloved hands comes up behind them. Next time, Assault on Hell. Oh my god. This is, a. Uh, I was really, really, really fucking engaged with, uh... Right, this run of Judge Dredd. Yeah, it's really intense. Yeah, it really draws you forward, and just the scale and like terror of this block war is really amazing. Like well, just like the death count alone, and how seriously. they're just like, oh, well, we shouldn't use this. Okay, now we're going to use it. Now we're going to use this. They're just yeah. like upping the serious damage they could cause just against the citizens because it's like, well, death against yeah. the law and also protection. Definitely, yeah. This series started being drawn by Mick McMahon, but they changed to Ron Smith, and I think that's a that's good so change good. because like, I've said this before, but no one destroys Mega City One like Ron Smith. You know the yeah. level of detail he can get into his art to just to show the kind of terror and the huge crowd scenes and stuff that this block war really requires. It's is, really friggin' good. Yeah, is so key for this storyline. You know. Yeah. Jesus, man. But yeah. You know, we'll finish up Block War next week, Fox. Really? But then it transitions into something even crazier. Oh, my God. What What the fuck? You'll see. Oh, man, I'm excited. I, I just, I want to know how this concludes, because so far it's with the deaths of, like, a lot of innocent people. I mean, yeah, you know, you're right, but let's, let's see how it goes. <laughs> it's the journey. All right, buddy. <laughs> oh man, speaking of things continuing onward forever, it's non thrills covers a nerve center. And so many cool different thugs being drawn this <laughs> Totally. Yeah, definitely. I think every yeah, they really drive going to overdrive with these well, you know, like last like last month there were a bunch of really crappy nerve centers mm. where it was just like Tharg being like, oh, I got nothing to say this week. Like, whatever, buddy. You know, they're, they're getting it back this month. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Prog 237, uh, Rogue is on the Buzzard 3, accusing the generals of the betrayal in this Colin Wilson cover. In the nerve center, Tharg once again complains about the noise from Guy Fox Day. And <laughs> there's pictures of a Rubik's Tharg and a masked and unmasked Matt Talon that is way too wide. <laughs> It's uh, it's definitely like a big faced man. He looks like a Hulk. Yeah, well, it's like yeah, because I, I think it's showing like fifty percent of the masked face, but then like sixty percent of the unmasked face. You know, agree. Um, so you know, there's letters that demand more stainless steel rats. Yes. Some guy who's been reading since Prague one doesn't know what Splundig for Thrig means, which is like which sad. Is... <laughs> But so Thar gives a translation, gives a uh, uh, Beetlejuicean glossary. Oh. Uh, uh, and, a, and another kid tosses in Solarian to the Terran slash Earthlet debate, which I'm against. Boo. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Mid- Terra. All yeah. the way, Terra. No. Yeah, Earthlet's the top. 
uh, <laughs> mid Prague. There's another Space Wars battle. This one mostly about the SALT anti-nuclear proliferation treaty. And then the concept of particle beam and laser weapons on defensive satellites, which will eventually become the Star Wars project in America in the 80s. Um, which will be expensive, but not do much besides give us a basis of one of my favorite movies, Real Genius. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was a thing, making death rays. We tried to do that. Yeah, but then they, they're only really good for popping a giant jiffy pop in an evil professor's living room. <laughs> <laughs> pop the roof off that house, buddy. That was oh, awesome. Uh, uh, two, two thirty-eight. Nemesis is back with a crazy yes. ass cover full of space monsters and spaceships and stuff by Kev O'Neill. Aliens. I love the scissor alien with the fish tongue. There's some crazy ones in the Nerve Center. It's a big month for feet with heads on them, as there's both Tharg the Welly <laughs> and a Darlothian asteroid clinger, which is a head with a hand coming out of its neck. It's super gross. It's it's good good asteroid clinger, honestly. Um, Tharg says we'll learn about Project X this Prague. Um, also, there's letters about the actual Torquemada from the Spanish Inquisition and stuff, mm-hmm. which I mostly know from uh, the Mel Brooks song. You know, um, then there's praise for Judge Death Lives and requests for winners of the Space Invaders contests, so forth. So, what's in Prague X, Fox? Oh man, it's newspaper dread. <laughs> uh, starting on that Saturday, written by John Wagner with art by Ron Smith, it's a newspaper version of Dread that starts out weekly and will eventually become uh, daily. And is is fine. I've sort of seen one or two. They've recently been collected in a book called The Daily Dreads. Oh wow! Which we won't be covering here, but they cover a lot of similar storylines as sort of classic Dread. You know, sort of the Spider-Man comics for a Spider-Man newspaper page. For it, I guess. Okay. So not super missing anything contextually from it. I mean, they definitely don't cross over, no. Huh. Or I don't think they do. If they do, then it's not to a huge extent, and it's very missable if you're reading the progs. That's been my my experience, at least. Okay. Good. Yeah. (laughs) Just less. No, we aren't going to cover it on this show. No way. Um, You're beautiful. Or at least not in the main show. I mean, who's to say what the future might hold? Um, Get a newspaper enthusiast on the cast. Man, I don't want to... Whatever. <laughs> I don't know if I do it on the main show. Maybe we did a Patreon or something someday, but I don't know if there's interest in that. Um, anyhow, future war coverage continues with laser-mounted space shuttles and killer satellites. Luckily, it's a ra- reality we will never have to face, fingers crossed. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. A space shuttle with a giant laser beam on its back is pretty great. I don't like it, dude. I like my space shuttle being all peaceful and cool, you know? It's like having a... putting it like I don't know. I got real idealism here. Um. (laughs) All I'm saying is, you know, Starfighters. Space Wars 3. I guess it's got to start somewhere, but I don't know. Um, Mid-Prog Tharg announces the winners of several uh, 2080 contests including the birthday competition from, like, 30 progs ago. <laughs> the lead time on these contests is crazy. It's like a year sometimes. Anyhow. Yeah, man. 239, Nemesis vs. Torquemada. Uh, the two fight in silhouette among, awesome. among two giant walk, uh, two giant dudes with walkways. I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that 
the, these may have originally been Wangs or someone thought they were Wangs. And they had to like do some things to better um, differentiate <laughs> them from Wangs and stuff. But you didn't hear that from me. Dude. In well, the nerve, very, oh, gross. Yeah. In the nerve center, Tharg lets us know that we're getting a different, a trucking story than the one that was advertised last episode. Oh. Um, and there's pictures of a, I, I think it's a nuclear Tharg and Torquemada taking a bath, be clean indeed, mid Prague. So- there's a contest for a sweet video game watch. It's ahead of its time for sure, because now we all got video game watches, and it's ridiculous. Dude, uh, Tiger Electronics. I guess they in the UK, they're called Advance. But this is like totally... It's those um, uh, three-frame yeah. watch games. Yeah, like the Game & Watch stuff. Very, uh, very classic early video game things. Yeah. In 240, Max Normal lies in a hospital bed in polka dot underwear. What's the cure? We don't know. Oh, God. How can we stop him from being not nearly as cool? This scene is brought to you by Brian Bolland. I showed this image to Fox a couple weeks ago, and he just looked at it and said, Not spots, which I thought was very funny. <laughs> um, in the nerve center, there's pictures of a President Tharg and Judge Droid as Tharg declares the Earthlit Terran discussion over. From now on, you're an Earthlit by default, but you can request to be a Terran if you want. Fair enough. <laughs> if you really want to be weird about it. Exactly. Letters demand more Robo Hunter and complement both Rogue Trooper and Ace Trucking. I think that's fine. That is fair. I love Ace Trucking. Absolutely. Really- <laughs> but And so, now let's get back into it with Thrill 4 Future Shocks. Dude. Some crazy future shocks here. Just just two of them, though. Yep, yep. First, uh, it's A Little Problem. Script robot Steve Moore. <laughs> art robot Johnny Johnstone as Jay Johnson. Learning robot Jack Potter. So so cute and tiny and like a, like a dwarf. Yeah. Inigo Coit, a gnome-looking dude. He's got big earlobes. Has just emigrated to Earth from Alpha 7. Mm-hmm. He... Arrives but has trouble fitting in. He looks weird. He has trouble finding a job and he's like clumsy and stuff. Eventually he gets evicted and then attacked by local toughs. And you know what? What the hell? I'm totally done with this. I'm going to the police. Absolutely. Well, no. First he studies up on law. Oh, that's law right. books and stuff. He figures things out and he goes to a cop to file a uh, declaration of war against Earth. <laughs> The cop is skeptical, but takes him seriously. Uh, kick and basically, Inigo gets kicked upwards from the cop to the commissioner, to uh, the local mayor, to Margaret Thatcher, and then finally to the UN. Which, you know, don't try this at home, kids. <laughs> totally. Finally, Coit is able to make his declaration, and when he sort of laughed at, he puts his plan into action. He takes out one of those Newton cradles things, like the metal frame with the balls, and you sort of drop one, and it hits the other one on the far end of the, you know, the far end ball. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, man, um, it's awesome. Clack, clack, he, clock. Yeah, he sets it working. As it clacks, it gets louder and louder, and Coit grows bigger and bigger, until finally the earth shrinks down and is added to the cradle as a fifth <gasps> ball, and Coit <gasps> continues to the next world. Oh my god, don't be a dick. Exactly. That's not even airhorn worthy because that's just a good no. point. Like, no, man, cool. that's. Be cool to people. That's the, that's the life I lead. It's the rule numero uno. Absolutely. Just don't be a dick. Yeah, come on. 
Next come up. On, come on. Don't come on. Don't be a dick. <laughs> it's my oh, PSA great. campaign. It's just a giant billboard that says, come on. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is so fucked up. Yeah. It's uh, it's called A Cautionary Tale. Script robot Alan Moore. Art robot Paul Neary. Letting robot Steve Potter. This is so Alan Moore it hurts. Yes, definitely. It's, uh, it's an unusual future shock. Tharg reads a picture book to his nephews about this kid, Timothy Tate. He eats too much, eats some aliens by mistake, ends up growing a King Kong size. He eats everything. Yeah, he Chips, eats everything children, in his way. Animals, <laughs> aliens. Yep. Eventually, he grows a giant size, he dies King Kong style, and then it's heavily implied that he's turned into dog food. <laughs> like, like, I don't think there's implication, really. It's just... They don't just out. I mean, I don't yeah. know. It's so gross. But so, yeah. And like I said, yeah. So it uses like a picture book format. It's got rhyming couplets on the bottom, like no word balloons or anything like that. And it's funny you said that because I said that in my notes at the end, Fox. This feels extremely Alan Moore. Like, whoa, yeah. dude. <laughs> like this like, has got his fingerprints all, his, his bearded fingerprints all over it. <laughs> yeah. Paul Neary really does a bang up fucking job on the art. Yeah. Like I Victorian picture book kind of like art. It's very nice. Yeah. Like yeah. just everybody looks so devious. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's got kind of a, 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 a geary kind of look, but yeah, it's um yeah. Very cool. Really sticks out on the 2080 page for sure. Yep. Loved and it. Speaking of sticking out Fox. Oh my God. <laughs> as like, what's going on here. It's yeah. uh thrill five. The mean arena. Oh, man. I, well, go for it. Yeah. Script robot Tom Tully, art robot Eric Bradbury, Mike White, letting robot Tony Jacob, and Peter Knight. I love the mean arena. <laughs> this thing's crazy this month, dude. Somebody yeah. somebody took a um, escape to Armageddon pill yeah. for this month. <laughs> no, it was a very, very return to Armageddon. Like, I have yeah, no yeah. idea what's happening here. <laughs> Let's oh, keep going. Kind of look to it. Yeah. So, when we last left, there was this robot surgeon wearing classic, you know, uh, fedora trench coat disguise entering Matt Talon's apartment building. It's still doing that. It's like anytime someone talks to it, it becomes just a flurry of mechanical arms and it like um, it ties you up and gags yeah. you. It interestingly doesn't just like completely murder you. Mm-mm. Which is the point of the robot, right? Yeah, so I guess it's so. just programmed to kill one person. Yeah. Finally, it breaks through Talon's door and starts going nuts. It's just its just a mess of robot arms and medical tools and stuff. Dude, well, so the doctor is talking through the robot and just like, hey, check out this thing. Let me tell you about this arm and this arm and, like, the giant electrical, like, shotgun it has in its face. Totally. Oh, and there's this arm and then there's this one. <laughs> so uh, great. Talon tries to fight it off, but it's no good. The machine keeps coming. He gets tagged by a trank dart and starts to lose consciousness. Damn. But before the machine can kill Talon, it's hit by a flying chair because someone is intervening. <laughs> it's a little kid. Woo, woo. Oh, snap. <laughs> like, how did he throw a chair? But I'm not worried about it as the doctor guy. It's just a kid. Kid versus robot fight. It's going to be <laughs> but so good. It's not just a kid. Oh, no, it's got to be a creepy child that speaks like an android. Yeah, it's quickly shown because it starts shooting laser beams at him and stuff, (laughs) blowing up the robot. (laughs) Shoots lasers, moves faster than... 
Yeah, that's the I can see. Yeah, it turns out that this kid, Chip, is a bodyguard (laughs) sent by, I think we described him previously as a wheelchair-bound cyber goblin, (laughs) Robo-Hardy. That's so accurate. (laughs) Um, as Talon sits in the wreckage of his of his apartment, semi paralyzed, covered in the scrap metal from a robot that almost killed him, he said he, he says he doesn't need a bodyguard. Yeah, no, he's uh, this guy's stupid. Hardy is not convinced and says no. Chip's just gonna follow you around. Yeah, he's just like I just you. Well, I like I like the way he does. He's like, listen, you just. He's fueling talent to go after him. He's like, you just go focus on that doctor. And hey, like, chips around. Yeah. You don't worry about it. You don't see him. He doesn't see you. You go kill a guy. Don't he even know- worry about it. He knows he can't stop talent on his quest, so he might as well protect his investment, you know? Well, that's what I'm saying. He gets all the rights to the dude, so yeah. fuck it. So, uh, Talon checks the remains of the robot and finds a mark on it from Cresswell Cosmetics. So that must be Jessup, the doctor he's currently revenging on's new name. <laughs> meanwhile, yeah. Meanwhile, we get a we get a look at the next team of opponents. Oh yeah, Edinburgh, Edinburgh. I want to say that sounds yes. like the right one. The Edinburgh uh, executioners who have these giant blades on their helmets. Sometimes you just gotta have a giant can opener hat always sometimes that's how i want to live my life uh slater the head of the slayers objects to those giant head blades but they promise they'll only use them to break through walls and stuff so it's not unlike the missile suit that matt talon uses he's like yeah check it look it's just like it's really cool looking i'll punch and like smash my head through stuff i definitely won't use it to definitely cleave somebody man why you gotta judge my giant knife helmet bro that's not cool (laughs) that's basically the stance he's like got a hand on his hip just pointing at him being like bitch Mm -hmm. yeah meanwhile uh matt talon and his bodyguard and his bodyguard chip wolfie smith their way into the crestwell (laughs) cosmetic center that's when you break into a medical or science facility to mess with the people in there. Yeah, pretty much 100% accurate. <laughs> um, with Talon wearing like a superhero mask, I guess? <laughs> yeah, it's like everyone knows who you are. That ain't you gonna know, hide. Yeah. Roles, basically. They fight their way in, they confront the doctor about his prior identity, and as he sort of, you know, proclaims his innocence, Chip reprograms a fleet of surgery bots for some evil purpose. FYI, why you don't keep surgery bots. (laughs) In what might not be the most heroic thing in human history, (laughs) Talon and Chip drag the unconscious doctor to an operating table and the fleet of robots go to work. Meanwhile, the pre-match for the Slayers versus the Executioners has begun. Executioners star Slick Mordred hypes up the home team crowd. When Matt Talon gets uh, drops in, throws a game ball at him super hard. So now everyone's all riled up. <laughs> Meanwhile, Man, Chip hides the body of the doc. Go ahead. Oh, I, I said he looks bizarrely like uh, Bill Savage. He look, got a savage look, for sure. Meanwhile, Chip hides the body of the doctor, his face wrapped in gauze. Somewhere deep inside the play area, something weird's going on. Next time, game on. I'm just like... This oh. was a fun meanerina, dude. Like, I don't know. 
Matt Talon might be evil, and to be fair, I kind of prefer... Like, it's it's the moment... If this keeps going at its stride, it's like the moment that I figured out I love New Dent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I appreciate... Yeah, I appreciate the evilness of Matt Talon at this point. Like, this is fun. And, uh, you know. And he's just throwing balls at dudes being like, Hey, F you, I'm Matt Talon. I'm a jerk. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like I like this characterization. I don't know. He's Why not? He's wearing a mask when he goes back to the to the arena. And I'm like, that's like, it's like, I'm a dick. I guess we'll get, you know, we'll get it explained to us. You know, we'll see. And I'm so excited. Definitely excited for next month for Matt Town. I want to see this crazy revenge. You know, as always, I'm very interested in revenge. I'm excited to see this revenge scheme come to fruition. Dude, I just kill and maim and murder. But like, because it's for revenge, it's got to have like some some weird setups and like ironic punishments and stuff. You know? Yeah. That's right. That's what I learned from the Count of Monte Cristo, and it's as true today as it was then. Oh, I. This is just the Count of Monte Cristo with, with sports. Is that what you're saying? I mean, in as much as they're both about revenge, yes, absolutely. Like it's about a one guy getting revenge against a bunch of dudes. Like that's the Count of Monte Cristo too. You know, that's pretty fair. I mean, there's different elements, but you know, sure. whatever. But not... I mean, he doesn't he doesn't take a doctor and completely eviscerate him with robots in the Count of Monte Cristo. Ah, <laughs> uh, but what if they did? Oh man. Uh, I'm just saying it might have been a better read. Um, you know, Dumas would be... I'm sure if he had access to robots when he was writing it, he would have put them in there. <laughs> Anyhow, speaking of things that are awesome, Fox... <laughs> it's so awesome. It's Thrill 7, Nemesis the Warlock. God, I'm just back and I'm happy and it's great. And I just yeah, buddy. Script robot Pat Mills, art robot Kevin O'Neill, letting robot Steve Potter. Nemesis is back! Everything's made of bones. Oh, so much. It's, if it's not made of bones, it's rock that's been carved to look like bones. So it's either way. So wonderful, just flesh and bones. Mm-hmm. The prisoners from the alien jail are making their escape through the dimensional portal. Brother Gogol pleads with Nemesis for mercy, but refuses to make the jump to the portal because he's afraid well, of the flames. So that's the thing. Is like Nemesis was totally cool. He's like, look, man, jump in there. Yeah. We'll figure it out from there. Or, you know, just go be a go be a bitch. I'm giving you a chance. And he's like, no. And I'm like, yeah. oh, man. That would have been such a cool redemption. Yeah, he just gave him his chance. Yep. Honestly, Gogol's kind of irredeemable for me. He's just done a lot of real bad stuff. Oh, he's a horrible person. <laughs> um, meanwhile... Kremlin and the rest of the Vologs are playing the pandemonium and causing chaos as Incognito kills a ton of humans, stealing their sweet clothes as he goes. Oh. It's so funny because he's invisible, but he like puts on some dude's like hooded robe and just starts wearing it like a like Marv in Sim Sit in a Sin City or something like that. He says most stylish when he puts it on. I, he's just such a great character. I love Incognito, buddy. Like I said, next D and D character is totally going to be him he's just going to claim he's invisible and no one no one can tell him otherwise uh, <laughs> at last torquemada has taken control of brother Babel, animating him as a crazy murder zombie 
Oh, man. Now alive and animate, Torquemada tosses Gogol into an alien prison cell and then goes to confront Nemesis, swinging in on a chandelier for awesome sword fights. Dude, and he's wearing a uh, he's wearing a baboon mask. Totally. It's fucking creep town. He's coming in for, like, some swashbuckling. And god damn it, if it's not, like, the best fucking swashbuckling. Real good. Yeah, after next prog, after a quick picture of a space shuttle with a ray gun, it's time for more Nemesis! He and Torquemada, they fence all over this awesome landscape in the Well of Souls, but Nemesis eventually gets the better of Torquemada. But after one is struck down, Torquemada snags another dead Terminator body and re-zombifies it. Such a great superpower. It's just a crazy fight, and they just keep going. Nemesis beats this one, too, but he has to, like, can't just do it by sword fighting. He's got to use his fire breath, which is, like, the big hidden weapon Nemesis has. that He can breathe fire, but he doesn't like to, I guess. Yep. Can't use it all the time, man. The problem is that this area is full of dead Terminators for Torquemada to revive. <laughs> so, like, it's just going to wear down on his, like, endurance, because he can just keep pulling dudes up. And so I guess, you know, you just save a cool one for the third one. He third just becomes a giant scythe-wielding demon. Yeah, it just becomes a, a huge Grim Reaper, dude. It's super awesome. It's fucking cool, dude. Totally. The fight begin- The fight continues as the various alien forces make their present felt. Presence felt a Terminator battle cruiser bursts into the temple playing the anthem of the Terminators, which is pretty good. It's like, you know, watch ye for the mark of the deviant, the tentacle, and claw, the scaly skin, the bug eyes, the cloven hoof and paw. With sword and axe and mace, we cleanse and purify. We never show any mercy. All aliens must die. Beware of creatures lurking in shadow or in cave. Heed the words of Torquemada. Be pure. Be vigilant. Behave. It's like the coolest fucking. <laughs> it's pretty good, but then they're destroyed by the by the missiles from the pandemonium. So whatever, buddy. <laughs> Just everything is getting exploded in this room. Everything's falling apart as both Torquemada and Nemesis land telling blows on each other. Torquemada oh, stabs him in the side with like a piece of broken wood, and then like Nemesis takes a scythe, yeah, takes the, takes this broken scythe to the gut, basically breaks <laughs> off in his chest. But the Grim Reaper body is killed too, and Torquemada is forced to leave that body, and he's weakened because it takes a lot of energy for him to animate bodies, and he's done three in a row. This means that Nemesis is able to strike magically and take control of Torquemada's spirit by dropping some mojo on it. He is Torquemada's master now! Aw, snap, dude. Next episode, the final battle. I just like how it's like this whole workup. He did like this sacrifice. Or no, sorry, he did did, um, some kind of special death dance so that Mm -hmm. Torquemada couldn't easily enter another dead body. Yeah, he like rises up from the ground to cast the spell and stuff. He like floats. On the physical plane, we were well matched. But on the psychic plane, you are at my mercy. It's just like awesome. Totally. Destroying and magic. The bummer if you're... The bummer if you're a reader is that you wouldn't... You won't... uh, You won't get to the final um, story until the end of the year. Like the last prog of uh, of December is where this concludes in 243. No. Luckily, we'll get to it next episode. 
God damn it. I love this this series. Listen. Why does it take so long to just get three? Look at the art, dude. I know. <laughs> Kevin O'Neill's doing his best, but he's just one man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just so gorgeous. Strong agree. But hey, speaking of fun new thrills, Fox. Oh, shit. Thrill 7, Ace Trucking Company. Oh, it's so good. Eh. Script robot John Wagner and Alan Grant as Grant Grover. Art robot Ian Gibson. Lettering robot Tony Jacob. Eastbound down. 18 wheels rolling. Anyhow. <laughs> ten good, ten four good buddy. Ace, GBH, and Feek are back. The truckers are traveling through the big empty when they pick up a hitchhiker and bring aboard famous explorer Ignace Legu, who, uh... <laughs> Like, at first I thought he was like a duckbill dude, but yeah. he's actually like a big nose dude. Yeah, his his uh, nose turns up and his lips and mouth point very far down. Yeah, it makes it kind of look like he's a duck with an open bill. That's yeah. what I would say. Exactly correct. I thought he was a duck for like a long time until yeah. I randomly saw his lips. Yeah, you gotta you gotta put it together a little bit. But he's real good, real good. Ian Gibson <laughs> trying to do his good his uh, Bellardinelli imitation of drawing real re- real weird dudes. Um, <laughs> he explain you know he's an explorer. He explains he's got a route through Hell's Pocket, a local black hole, and that he can guide the boys through and lead them to the to the salvage to be found within. And everyone's like, oh, man, we should not trust this guy. <laughs> Except for Ace, because his eyes light up with the chance of easy money. And soon, just the Speedo like Ghost is just powering into the pocket. <laughs> oh, so great. And I love it, yeah, because the Hell's Pocket is this crazy checkerboard pattern of mind-bending <laughs> reality. That's oh, great. Little circles in there and electrodes and just only- going yeah. plaid. It's only as they enter that Ignance reveals that he's never actually been through the pocket. But his Holy theories are extremely sound, so it should be fine. Uh-oh. <laughs> Why the, why'd you keep this to yourself, goddammit? Because the last four guys he's put this plan out to left him at the uh, at the hitchhiking post when he tried to explain that he didn't actually have any proof. Aw, shucks. <laughs> Guess we're going to go through this here wormhole. It's too late now. The, the trip through the re- reality-bending checkerboard of Hell's Pocket is a success. Eh, for some reason. The boys find themselves in a weird new world full of huge mountains and then a parking lot full of spaceships with a big like wooden stockade around it. It's so great. And even more amazing is what they find. Yeah, all the cargo is still intact, including some fine vintage Mac Mac, buddy. That's what I'm saying, man. It's a thousand data spats of it. As they try to get their uh, out, get, get their loot on, though, a bunch of natives show up. And they are both numerous and heavily armed. Yeah, man. They apparently built a giant uh, wooden spike fence around the parking yep. lot. All so, the whole parking lot's unclean, and they're pretty ready to kill any trucking intruders and ignorance for being trespassing outsiders. That's what I'm talking about. Time to get some native on while we take you, for whatever reason, to our leader. Next episode, lube the sluice juice. <laughs> this- All right. <laughs> Uh, all right. All right, guys. Great. Fox. Oh, God, Conrad. I have a serious question for you. I have a, uh, maybe a serious Possibly answer. Possibly serious answer? Good. What were your top and bottom thrills this month? November 1981. I don't 
know if I can pull this card, but uh, none of them are the worst. I mean, we are, you already used your no worst thrills that's earlier right. in the year. This like in my May, year. But like in March, and I said that's a and I said at the time that was a bold option for March. Fuck me, man! <laughs> now I have to go back and see. This is really fucking good. Uh, all right, <clears throat> bottom, bottom, bottom. It doesn't I have don't... to be the worst. It just has to be the not the best. You know. Um. All right, I will say, I will say, Rogue Trooper. All right, uh, and the only reasoning behind it not being the best is uh for a while i have not liked mean arena and holy mm-hmm. shit mean arena like yeah. so fucking surprising mean arena because by the way that's like my top thrill whoa yeah like okay so and not to belittle everything else i just sure. i really like <laughs> not knowing where things are going to go totally and it, and it getting there, making the most sense. Um, <laughs> like, a, a small child shows kid. up yeah. in Mean Arena and uh, basically awkwards out this whole thing. They, they disfigure a man with robots. Mm-hmm. They taunt a dude and fuck with a team and then put a bandaged man inside of him. Yeah. <laughs> The sinister uh, overload that I'm getting from Mean Arena is really exciting. I, I like the story. Special mention to Block War, though. That carried me so hard through the middle of this. Like, I, I'm i really bought in, and actually for the opposite reason of it being, like, fun and crazy, but for it being just, like, goddamn, sometimes Judge Dredd just kills, like, you know, a sixth of the population. <laughs> I mean, that's super accurate, <laughs> you know? It's like, I don't know, like, I like that it is kind of heavy by not being heavy. It's yeah, super I mean, enjoyable, and, yeah. and I love it. Awesome. Yeah, so how about you, Conrad? What are indeed your top and bottom thrills? Oh, man. I agree that this is a really strong month. Um, like, yeah, because even the stuff that's usually not that great, like Mean Arena, which I think I, I recently, on the 2080 forum, said was sort of a, real, a thrill power release valve sometimes, like, you know. It's less thrilling that your brain doesn't explode week to week. But um, um, I'm going to say, for my least thrilling, I'm going to say um, Ace Trucking. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm not, not that, you know, again, I, I mean, this is one of those ones where everything's way above the line of quality, you know? Mm-hmm. But was Ace Trucking was just two. We're kind of halfway into it, you know? Like, I feel like things are actually happening in a lot of these other things as opposed to just the setup for the sort of climax, you know? That's really fair. I actually, I like that reasoning. You know, this is sort of, you know, it's a good re- uh, 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 release one. We're just like, yeah, whatever. You know, the one that the uh, the first, you know, the last hired is the first fired for bottom thrills this month. Um, Pretty fucking fair. <laughs> um, top, I'm going to say Judge Dredd again, man. Um, oh, Yeah. Like, just the tension of this block war, of just the, um, like, bad things are happening, and they don't know why, and it seems like it's just going to take everything down, and just, like, the um, dread just trying to be, like, you know, one man against this huge, unstoppable force of this block, of, of a block mania, is really awesome. 
and really like, you know, there's times where you can feel like Judge Dredd is sort of always wins and above things. And so this thing yeah, is yeah. really like losing and barely keeping ahead of things is a really neat look and a real good change for Dredd that keeps things very interesting. I agree with that. That's like, uh, it's like an awesome synopsis of the whole thing. Yeah. Well, you know, I do, I do my best, but, um, uh, yeah, and I'm, you know, and I love where this is going and I'm just so excited for the rest of Judge Dredd. Oh yeah. Me too, man. I like, ah, just this whole block war thing is, it's good. This one, really block mania is a real turning point for Judge Dredd as we're going to see sort of in the coming year for what happens with him and stuff. It's going to be so good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't add me up, man. Sorry. Me. <laughs> Anyhow, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. You can always find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or our podcast site at Cradleline.com. Feel free to contact us at Space Spinner 2000 at Gmail, on the 2080 forums, or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages on Twitter at Space Spinner 2K. For everything else, just look up Space Spinner 2000 and we should be there. Come back next time as we continue filling your Thursday with non-prog content. <laughs> this time, it's the 2080-1982 annual. Hooray, yeah. annuals. We've had a rocky relationship with annuals in the past. It's true, to say the least, I'd say. But I'm excited about this one. It's got all the usual suspects like Robusters, Judge Dredd, Strontium Dog. And instead of painful legacy comics, it's instead got classic 2000 AD thrills like Flesh, classic Judge Dredd, and Mach 1. So I am very pro this idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, not garbage. It should be neat. It better be. <laughs> yeah, or else I will make you the bad one for the year. Oh no. Until next time, I'm Conrad, he's Fox, and we are Space Spinner 2000. Splendid Birth Rig. Splendid Birth Rig. Birth rig.